podcast one production. Hey guys, you're listening to Crappy to Happy. I'm Cass Dunn. I'm a clinical and coaching psychologist, a mindfulness meditation teacher and author of the Crappy to Happy books. In this series, we look at all of the factors that might be making you feel crappy and give you the tools and the techniques that will help you to overcome them. In each episode, I introduce you to interesting, inspiring, intelligent people who are experts in their field, and my hope is that they will help you feel less crappy and more happy. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Lucas Patchett, who is one of the co-founders of Orange Sky Australia, which is a charity that positively connects people living on the streets with laundry, showers, and most importantly, conversations. I have been a volunteer for Orange Sky, and you might be asking, what does this have to do with feeling happy? But studies have shown that when you volunteer for a cause that you feel passionately about, that you believe in, and you can see the positive effects that you are having on others, it can drastically increase your own happiness and overall satisfaction. I wanted to talk to Lucas about his journey of starting Orange Sky, what the benefits for him have been personally, and how giving back can actually be the best thing you can do for your own mental health. You are one of the co-founders of Orange Sky Laundry, along with your best mate, Nick Marchese. Um, first of all, for our listeners who aren't familiar with Orange Sky, can you just explain what it, what it is? Absolutely. So Orange Sky is a, a really crazy idea between my best mate, Nick, and I nearly five years ago now to um, get two washers, two dryers, chuck them in the back of an old van and start driving around and washing and drying um, clothes for homeless people for free. Um, it started as a really simple idea, just wanting to improve the hygiene standards of the homeless with that one van in Brisbane, but then very quickly started to evolve into much, much more than that. We realized the most important thing our vans would do wasn't actually wash and drying clothes or provide showers. It was actually um, providing a place for people to come and have a conversation and, and be connected with the community that that little one van in here in Brisbane has now amplified and, and grown to now 29 vans across Australia and one van over in New Zealand. We've got wow. 18, 1,800 volunteers who every single week are doing over 10 tonnes of free laundry, providing over 150 safe hot showers, but most importantly, most simply, providing about 1,500 hours of genuine and non-judgmental conversation for you know people in our community who might be ignored or who might be walked past for, for so many um, hours of the day and for them to have a place to come and, and feel connected, um, not feel judged and, and just have a genuine yarn with, with um, everyday people. It's, um, it's really a grown from that improving hygiene standards to positively connecting communities. The growth has been phenomenal. Like when you say you're just, I, I think you're just coming up to your five year anniversary, right? And so you said 30 vans now and how many, like what does that equate to in terms of the amount of washing and the amount of people you're actually servicing and helping? Absolutely. I never thought, you know, at the age of 25 that I'd be responsible for, you know, over 10 tonnes of laundry happening every single week. That's facilitated by our 1,800 amazing, um, empathetic, compassionate, amazing volunteers who um, put their lives on hold and, and do that. The, we also um, launch showers uh, about halfway through our journey. So provide about 150 safe, hot mobile showers for people on the streets. But what that all equates and what that boils down to is about 1,500 hours of genuine and non-judgmental conversation. So those conversations can be about anything. Um, it's really about prov- providing a place for people to feel welcome, to feel connected. Um, for some some of our friends on the street, being ignored for 99% of the day, yeah. having an opportunity to um, come together and have a place is, is really, really important. So yeah, 1,500 hours of conversation takes place um, every single week. And that I think the power of multiplication and, and having more and more people on, on board has, has been what's blown definitely blown me away and it's been a, a privilege to be a part of. What intrigues me is like, how, what gave you this idea? How did this actually start? You said it was a crazy idea, but what gave, where did the idea come from? 
the the story really comes back um, to the age of when Nick and I were about 15 and wow. our school actually ran a food van. So, you know, the age of 15, we're up nice and early. Every Thursday, our, our school put a breakfast on for people on the streets doing it tough. And that was a massive part of the school community. It was actually volunteering on that van. So it wasn't something that you just did um, to tick a box. It was really culturally ingrained in the school. So from the age of 15, I'm having experience and having exposure to people who were on the streets, um, seeing, you know, people... 200 meters from where we went to school every day, sleeping in a park. Mm. I can remember, you know, my first shift going out and, and meeting people and, and being absolutely blown away that people could be in that situation and that um, in a place like Brisbane that, you know, I didn't never thought that I'd be exposed to something like that. So that always stuck with us, with both Nick and I, something that connected us. We're quite different in lots of ways, but um, quite similar in, in that sense. So we sort of went through school, did that a fair bit, Left school, I went to uni, uni full-time, Nick went to work full-time, I went overseas for six months, came back and um, had no, had a lot of time on my hands, didn't have uni, didn't have work or anything like that, had a couple of months and, and Nick and I were sitting in a cafe in Brisbane and we said, you know, this, there must be a way for us to re-engage with that community for us to um, get a sense of that giving back that we used to have at school and it was really, really easy at school was another, another thing. So we thought, well, let's do something. Let's do something a little bit different. Let's not do another food van because that's something that's done really, really well. Um, let's look at something else. So started throwing ideas around and I think Nick said, what about washing machines? And, and we sort of looked at each other and said, well, I reckon that's, that's pretty cool. And we started looking, started searching around, um, found that it was nowhere else in the world. There was no, wow. no, no one else had ever put washing machines in the back of a van and, and made it work. So we... Um, Yep, essentially that was the start of the journey and, and it really exceeded from, I suppose, at an early age, having exposure to homelessness, having exposure to people just around the corner who were just like my uncle or my auntie or my, my granddad um, who were sleeping on the streets and doing it really, really tough and, and finding a, a really simple way and a basic way for um, us to provide a service to, to people who were in that situation. And obviously people really took to the idea. Well, it's, I suppose, another another trial and, and tribulation was the first morning taking the van out. We... Um, Loaded the machine up. We we didn't we needed a generator, so we went and convinced a hire company to to let us borrow a generator, steal it, borrow one of the two. Um, <laughs> managed to so hooked this generator up and went down to the park. And it was actually the first morning alongside our old school food van. We thought, what better place to start than p- place that we'd sort of started our our really journey in, in homelessness. So turned up to the park. Um, we hadn't done any testing on the van. We literally just picked the generator up, and we thought, well. We might as well test out in the streets, you know, no better place, place to start. So turned up alongside the old school food van. I was in charge of finding, um, Nick was in charge of finding the washing rather, and I was in charge of setting the van up. So again, set, it, set up procedure, water, power, waste, turn everything on. And then as I flick the final switch in Sudsy, just heard this massive bang. I thought, well, it sounds a little bit weird. But meanwhile, Nick had found some washing. There's a young guy by the name of Jordan, had a couple of T-shirts, a couple of pairs of boardies in his, his backpack, and he was ready to be the first ever wash. I was like, oh, it didn't sound quite right. So I called up um, the, the washing machine company. I said, and I spoke to this guy, and I always joke about this guy by the name of Dan. Now I think Dan might be one of the world's angriest laundry technicians, but um, he's, a, he's a lovely bloke who has helped us out a, a ton over the last five years. But um, Dan called up Dan. I was like, oh, Dan, the screen. The machine's made a bit of a weird noise, and now it's a CE on the screen. What does that mean? It says, Lucas, that's critical error. You've broken both the machines. I told you that this wouldn't work. So that point is like, well, we've got Jordan's washing ready to go. We've just let him down. We've been added to that long list of people that had let Jordan down in his life. 
and Nick and I sort of had this like, holy crap moment, you know, we need to, um, we need to sort this out. We need to, we need to fix this. So called up Carol and the big boss begged and pleaded. She agreed to give us two more washes, um, hit the streets again the next day and the exact same thing happened. And we were, so then Jordan was there again, washing machines fired up, CE on the screen. And it was like, maybe that, maybe all these people were right. And we sort of had this, um, this moment of terror of saying, well, you know, this, um, maybe all these people who said it's not going to work is uh, are right. So what we did again, breaking down to bite-sized chunks and, and looked at, well, how can we work through this? And I think the big motivator for us was that Jordan was there again the next morning and he was waiting and he was saying, you know, I've, I've been looking forward to this for 24 hours to, to come back and, and, you know, for us to be incredibly determined to not let Jordan down, even though we did for that one morning. So went back to the drawing board, we're putting way too much um, water pressure in, we're putting the wrong power conversion in. So um, made a few tweaks to the van, hit the streets again the next morning, got ourselves two more washing machines from, from Carol and, and these were definitely the last two that she was going to give us and um, hit the streets again the next morning. There was Jordan, fired everything up, turned it on and everything started perfectly. And then it was at that moment that was like, we're onto something here. Jordan and I, that conversation that I had with him um, changed my life forever. He went to school just up the road from me. He studied the same degree as me at the same university. He'd worked as an engineer for some big firms around Brisbane, but all of a sudden he'd fallen on some tough times. He became disconnected from his family and from his community. Mm. And um, Jordan found himself sleeping on the streets and, and being the first wash in yeah. our van. So um, that was definitely a challenging time in starting up. But also um, I think that fuel that kept us going was, was people like Jordan who were trusting us with the only possessions in the world um, to, to wash and dry them and, and to bring them back when we were a total unknown quantity in this, this community. So um, yeah, it's definitely um, a little journey that we went along there, but um, yeah, it was a, definitely worth it in the end. What I was most interested in, in what you were saying, Lucas, is the, is that it's not about the washing, it's about the conversation. And, you know, I do want to also get to talking to you, obviously, about the power of uh, volunteering, the benefits to volunteering. The show's called Crappy to Happy, and there is so much happy to be found in giving back to your community and making a contribution. Um, and often that is directly related to the impact that you have specifically on individuals and that conversation aspect and connecting with somebody and knowing that you're having a positive impact. Um, so from your experience, what has been, well, well how has it personally changed you? Oh, I, th- I think Orange Sky has absolutely changed my life for, forever and, and much for the better in terms of I think everything from uh, um, how I have perspective on on different things and how you know being out and shift I think is such a great grounding thing for for me and in, in how many other things are going on in my life and in the world. But then you you head out and you have a you just completely switch off from technology and everything and you just sit on an orange chair and have a conversation with someone. It can be a great grounder, a great perspective check. I think for for myself and for I know for a lot of our volunteers as well all the way through to um, how we manage 1,800 volunteers and how we look after the risk of an organisation our size and, and being on the forefront and being the, um, I suppose, one of the faces and one of the leaders within Iron Sky. And, and I like to think everyone within Iron Sky is a, a definitely a leader, um, but being a part of that, I think, has um, been a massive learning experience for me and I um, definitely have learnt a tremendous amount in the last five years from a business side of things, from a not-for-profit side of things, from a life side of things. Um, I think I think in all aspects it's really touched me in, in, in lots of different ways. So, um, yeah, incredibly grateful to, to be a part of it. 
I hope you're enjoying season four of the show. And hey, I would love for you to check out my brand new YouTube channel where I'm sharing even more tips on how you can feel less crappy and more happy. It's youtube.com forward slash Cass Dunn. So come over, check it out. I'd love for you to subscribe. And if you haven't already taken my free seven day happiness challenge, you can sign up for that at castdunn.com forward slash happiness. So I think when we are talking about being happier, the thing that I see a lot and that we all experience is that we, we focus on like doing more or having more or accumulating more. And, you know, when we look at giving back to the community or volunteering or making a difference in the life of somebody who is less fortunate than ourselves, there is so much happiness to be gained from that in a couple of ways. First of all, Every time we do something kind for something else, it actually increases our sense of self-worth. I think there's that. Like you may, you feel like a good person when you've done something for somebody else. And it also, it, it's that massive perspective shift, isn't it? Like just to take the focus off yourself and our own, all of our own self-interested, self-absorbed kind of issues that we struggle with and actually turn the perspective outwards and, you know, really get some perspective about how fortunate often we all are. Is that something that you have experienced as well in your own life? Absolutely. I think the, um, again, the broad range of people that support us and, and that's in a volunteering sense, but also from a, um, a financial sense as well, is that, you know, some of our donors are you know, incredibly wealthy and well-off people and, and they're really looking for more in, the, in that space. So it might be through financially contributing to supporting Orange Sky is their way of doing it, or it might be a volunteer who has a lived experience of homelessness and who has been through the system and who wants to now give back to that system um, through to someone who, you know, might um, have, as a story of a, of a lady over in New Zealand who um, her husband passed away and her two kids have moved out and she lives about two hours out of Auckland. And now um, every week, twice a week, um, she drives two hours into Auckland, does a shift for three or four hours and then drives two hours home. So it's a, it's wow. a full day exercise for, for her. And, and uh, we overheard, one of our volunteers overheard her chatting to some friends on, on shift the other day telling about her circumstances and being, you know, in this house by herself and, and all those sorts of things. And one of the friends said to her, um, that must be lonely. And she said, oh, it is a little bit lonely, but also this is my new community and this is my new family. And this is how I get my connection is through um, that opportunity to, to come to Orange Sky and to, to have that. So definitely it's it's um, goes both ways from a friend and, and a volunteer perspective. And it only starts from, I think, taking that first step and giving it a crack. If people are looking for things out there, it's it's um, there's so much science and research behind how good volunteering, how good giving back is for you. But until I think you experience it for yourself, you, 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 they're just words and numbers on a page. And I think it really is a case of getting over ourselves and getting over this it's an illusion really that we don't have the time because we all fill our lives with all of this stuff and often, you know, just we waste so much of our time um, and then tell ourselves that we're too busy for the things that are important and just carving out that bit of time can just have such a profound impact for ourselves, but also for other people. And that's one thing we've found is that by cutting it down to sort of two hours a week yeah. or a fortnight, it's um it does fit in quite easily. And I think it's you know everyone can look yeah. at, everyone can look at their phone now and see how much time they spend on their screen every day, and that's <laughs> a bit know. a bit of a scary thought. But if um you can take some of that out and, and put it into something a bit more worthwhile, I think like volunteering, it's um yeah definitely definitely worth it. Lucas, you said that you know the experience of starting this charity and growing this charity has really changed you, but I get the sense that you were always. The kind of inclined to be a giver. I, th- I think culturally it was a definitely a big part of my family, of my, my school was, you know, at, at an early age seeing mum give up her time on, um, 
you know, PNF committees and school fate organising and, and all those sorts of things in giving back in their own little ways to, to their communities through to um, being at high school and being out on those food vans. So it was, I think, definitely part of my upbringing, my, 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 for, for me, my, my culture. And we see so many people now wanting to get their kids involved and have that similar, similar experience to, to what we have. And I think um, for me, I was on a path of you know, go to uni, get an engineering degree, become an engineer and sort of start start the grind. And then Orange Sky sort of divergent took us in a different direction. So um, I'm a uni dropout or it's on hold, depending if you ask mum or, or not. Um, and and then, um, but really focusing time and energy into Orange Sky. For me, you know, two of my key values is, is really about having fun and learning. And Orange Sky gives me that every single day in, in leaps and bounds. And, and being out in shift does that as well in terms of, um, having fun in, in connecting with people, but also learning is that we've got people coming to our vans, both in a volunteer capacity or in the service capacity, who have got amazing wealth of knowledge and, and being able to listen and, and, and learn from from those sorts of people is what really gets, gets me going and, and gets me excited. Yeah. And I just want to pick up on something you said earlier too, about how almost this uh, culture of giving or, you know, was um, ingrained in you from a young age, not just through your school, but through your family and your mum gave up her time and you witnessed her doing that and experienced, you know, indirectly, you know, the benefits of that uh, observation. And I think that's really important as well. I think as parents, uh, when we, when our kids see us doing something and giving back, like I would hope that that instills some sense in them of the value of contribution and, you know, moving out of that whole self-interested sort of world that we live in. I know that, um, you know, I've actually taken my daughter from a young age first to um, Borneo and we did some tree planting in the rainforest. And then I took her to Cambodia and we taught English. She was eight the first trip and I think 10 the second trip. And they were really fun overseas trips, but they were also about doing something, you know, of value while we were there. So I think that if families can be thinking about even how you incorporate the idea of doing something or giving something back or making a difference, even into a family holiday, it's a great cultural experience as well. But then it was actually that that got me thinking about, well, that's all fun, but what can I be doing kind of closer to home and on a more regular basis, which is what got me interested in coming and volunteering for Orange Sky. So I don't know, I would like for people listening to be thinking kind of in those terms as well. Like how can this be a family, a f- kind of a family thing? Absolutely. absolutely. I think it's, um, for me, it's, it was a massive part of my upbringing and seeing all those different parts come together and, and, and encourage anyone to, to, to do the same. For you, what is the best part of being out on shift? It's a hard thing to explain, I think, in that it's multifaceted in, you know, on a very tangible level, giving someone access to something that they haven't had access to for a while or that they've been looking forward to all week in having a a fresh set of sheets or a fresh sleeping bag or a fresh um, clean clothes. I think we all know how good the feeling is of putting um, fresh clean clothes on. So I think that from a really tangible sense, um, we often talk about, you know, what are the best conversation starters at Orange Sky? And we always talk about the the absolute best conversation starter is remembering something about the person from the week before or the fortnight before. So being able to go up to someone and say, hey, Cass, you know, you're telling me about the footy on the weekend. How'd it go? And, And being able to recall that conversation and because that does two things one it continues building that relationship but also tells the person you're having the conversation with um that that was a, a memorable and, a, and a, um, an important experience for you and, and that value and, and self-worth for people is something that is definitely missed for people on the street so i think it's um 
this sort of weird conglomeration of lots of different things from a really tangible um, hands-on experience and giving someone a shower or, or a clean set of clothes to um, more intangible relationship-based things that um, are incredibly hard to measure but definitely I know make uh, me feel me feel amazing when I when I leave shift. We've got so many volunteers who a volunteer here in Brisbane who talks about he volunteers every Thursday morning, um, drives a van, so he's out of bed by sort of 5.30, in the van by 6 o'clock and, and, and out shift by quarter past six. And for him, he says that every Thursday morning, regardless of how he's been or how tired he is, he springs out of bed and it's his, you know, favourite day of the week by, by far and, and that, you know, for people who aren't morning people, that might be might be hard to comprehend, but definitely it's a um, the whole whole thing. I think in, in coming together, in connecting with volunteers that you haven't seen for a week or for a fortnight or for a month, connecting with friends you haven't seen for similar amounts of time, and and providing that tangible aspect to um, yeah come come all together. And for me too, I think some of the most rewarding experiences were you know, because you see these people and you know what their journey is, and they're often looking for work, they're looking for housing. You know, they've just found themselves in an unfortunate situation, but these are people with who have had jobs and lives and families um, and then they find themselves in this situation where perhaps they're having to sleep in their car or whatever it is but then they get somebody gets a job or somebody you know gets some accommodation and it's everybody celebrates it's thrilling to see them um, making progress and often what I noticed too was that those people would um, would come back to shift just to say hi like even after they were working if they could manage to fit it into their schedule to, to come back and say hi because they valued those relationships as well. It wasn't just a laundry service; it was. A, it's a real community. Absolutely, it's a. It's always a bittersweet moment, I think, when people go because it means they're not going to be back at shift, and those relationships might um, sort of waver off. But also um, the excitement that all of our volunteers and all the team feels when you know someone does make those steps, and and knowing that you know Orange Sky didn't play the whole part, but we played a little piece in that yeah. is, is a really special feeling. Yeah. For anybody listening who is now maybe thinking that you know they could go out and do something. And I know that you said that you've got an oversupply of volunteers in capital cities, but do you have any advice that you would share for people who are looking to go out and do something? Absolutely. I think it starts with um, just giving it a crack and, and getting out there. There's a, a ton of websites that can connect volunteers with um, organisations seeking volunteers, including including Orange Sky. And by by no means do we want the wait list to, to deter people. They can still get their names on there and, and we'll, we, will, um, we are cycling through and getting to as many people as we can to get them out on shift. But absolutely, it starts with um, taking that first step. I think you never know um, where it might land you. There's so many volunteers who um, might evolve in their time at organisations and actually find the, find themselves working at an organisation. So what I think it starts with is finding that passion, finding that thing you're most passionate about. If it is homelessness, if it is animals, if it is um, refugees or, or whatever the cause might be, it's finding that cause, finding your, an organisation that has a tangible way for you to support that cause that fits with you and then um, taking that first step and, and, and making it happen and reaching out, asking the question. I think from, from a not-for-profit perspective, um, everyone's under resource and everyone ha- doesn't have as much time as they want. So sometimes it does take a little reach out and, and, and ask the question if it's, it's, if it's possible to, to support in, in any way you can. That's great advice. And I would say, you know, I'm on the Sunshine Coast and we definitely could use more volunteers up there. Um, but what you said also, you know, is finding out what you feel passionate about because I know people who go and walk dogs at the RSPCA or, um, you know, it might be domestic violence, it might be refugees. There's loads of causes that are always looking for people who um, who feel passionately and who are willing to give up some time. There's 55,000 not-for-profits in right. Australia. So um, there's definitely one in, in your doorstep on, on a cause you're passionate about, such as about connecting with them and, and finding the right way in. And 
I know what the answer is, but I know that there'll be people listening who say, why are you called Orange Sky? Can you tell us where the name came from? Absolutely. So Orange Sky is the name of a song by British singer-songwriter by the name of Alexi Murdoch. And in his song, Orange Sky, he talks about helping out your brothers and sisters and everyone standing underneath an orange sky together. And for Nick and I, when we kicked off, we liked the song, we liked the name, we liked the colour. We couldn't really think of anything else creative. So we, we call it Orange Sky and we're not um, politically or religiously associated. So need a name to really reflect that. And um, yeah, it's a great colour and it, it works for us. So we put on Sudsy and it's stuck ever since. Lucas, thank you so much for giving up your time to come in and have a conversation with me today. And I really hope that some people listening are inspired to go out and do something in their own community to make a difference. Thanks so much for having me. Lots of us find meaning in life through our work or our family, but maybe you've overlooked the power of volunteering to add that joy and social connection and the sense of purpose missing in your life. If you've been inspired to think about some ways that you might be able to give back and make a difference, you can find out more about Orange Sky Laundry at orangesky.org.au or just Google volunteering opportunities in your community or even volunteering holidays. My new book, Crappy to Happy, Love What You Do, is out in all good bookstores. So if you want to find more happy in work, go and check it out. On the next episode, I'm talking to author, coach and international speaker Margie Worrell about the happiness that's available to all of us when we choose to live a braver life and the steps that you can take to live more bravely. Crappy to Happy is a Podcast One Australia production produced by Dave Zbolenski and with audio by Darcy Thompson. For more great podcasts, head to podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the app.